thank you, young ladies. What a, what a blessing. I appreciate that good song. Uh, they, uh, both groups, uh, they have recorded a, a CD, and uh, they, one CD, and uh, both of them uh, sing uh, uh, five songs each or something like that. And I've enjoyed hearing that. I look forward to that being available later this week. And I appreciate the good singing and the good ladies. I'll tell you, uh, that's our heart's desire, isn't it? To be in the center of God's will. Uh, turn your Bibles again, if you will, to Romans chapter 10. Verse number 14 is our text verse. I love that verse, verse number 13. It says what it means, and it means what it says. And whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm thankful for that. Verse number 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The word preacher there does not mean the pastor of a church. It means a proclaimer of the gospel. Tonight I want to preach on this subject, missionaries are needed. Heavenly Father, as I prayed for three weeks for this sermon tonight, as I have prepared it and I have prayed specifically for this message, and then Lord, two hours this afternoon as I walked and prayed and asked you to use the truth of this message to accomplish your will I pray that tonight you would, in just these few minutes of Bible preaching, I pray that you'd help us to know this is not a television program that we're watching. It's not a podcast that we're listening to. This is the preaching of your word, and you've ordained, you've, or cho uh, you've chosen this. Lord, that we may receive instruction. May we not wait for the invitation, but may, may we even now yield ourselves to your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. The word missionary has a simple definition. According to Webster's Dictionary, a missionary is one who propagates the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now the word propagate is interesting. It doesn't mean to casually give the gospel. It doesn't mean when you are forced to give the gospel. It means that you go on purpose to propagate the gospel of Christ. You have something that you want to tell the whole world. So a missionary is one who propagates the gospel. That means that all of us tonight can be missionaries of the gospel of Christ. Now when you and I think of a missionary, we think of one who takes the gospel to a foreign country. And perhaps more specifically, one who takes the gospel to a people that have never heard of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. There is truth and there is correct application to all of these, I do believe. The Apostle Paul is referred to as a missionary because he did take the gospel to cities, to towns, and to countries that had not heard the gospel. 
as a result of his witnessing, as a result of him winning people to Christ. There were many folks that uh, were saved in churches that were organized. Uh, there were nations and even continents changed uh, because and directed spiritually because of Paul's missionary work. Paul had, as we uh, chronicle his life, four journeys uh, during his life's ministry. Now, Paul did what Jesus instructed the disciples to do and what continued in the book of Acts and what continues in every book of the New Testament. And that is the importance of taking the gospel of Christ to those who have never heard. May I say tonight, church, we are not here for the fun and fellowship. I enjoy all of that. And that is a part of our church family. I am for every program and every activity, everything that allows boys and girls and teenagers and men and women to have fellowship, whether it is to whatever the fellowship may be. All I can think of right now is eating. Uh, but whatever the fellowship may be, uh, that, that is good and it's wholesome and it's helpful. That's not the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you with me tonight? How many of you agree with the Bible and what I said that we're to propagate the gospel of Christ? The Lord Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, he said, And go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Then he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have suggested to you. No, sir, it's not suggested, it is commanded. Therefore, if we obey it, we are obedient. If we ignore a command, uh, we are disobedient. Uh, some folks surprise me how they expect the blessings of God in a life of disobedience. I don't know about you, but I grew up in a home and I learned uh, from a father that expected obedience that if we weren't obedient, there weren't many blessings to be had and life wasn't near as in enjoyable. I did come to preach tonight. Is that what you came to hear, preaching tonight? And I did uh, learn that when I was obedient that the blessings were much easier and the fellowship was much more enjoyable. And uh, we understand tonight the purpose of the church is not softball and basketball. Uh, the purpose of the church tonight is not fellowships and a pie contest and chili contest. And I enjoy every bit of that if it's peanut butter. I enjoy it all. Uh, but the purpose of the church is to propagate the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew 16, verse number 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel uh, to every creature. And then Paul wrote to the Christians at Rome, How then shall they call in him on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 1 and verse number 8, Before Jesus ascended to heaven, but ye shall receive power, after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. 
Even the psalmist said, declare his glory among the heathen. Don't just talk about him in church. Talk about him in the world. Talk about him at work. Talk about him in public. You want to shut up a loud crowd, you start giving out a few gospel tracts and they'll get the hiccups when it comes to that foolishness. And the Bible says, declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse number 10, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another, as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now Paul lived his Christian life on a missionary journey. What does that mean? He went everywhere propagating the gospel of Christ. Everywhere he went, he went telling folks about Christ. I personally cannot imagine meeting someone without at least giving them a gospel track. I can't imagine talking to someone and having a conversation of any length. Now I understand work situations and I understand your employer didn't hire you uh, to be a soul winner. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about about on our time, I'm talking about on break time, I'm talking about when you're talking about other things, fishing and hunting and camping and traveling, uh, somebody ought to be talking about Jesus and somebody ought to be telling folks that Christ died. Hey, this is as important as getting someone out of a house burning with fire. This is not a matter of suggestion, it's not a matter of a goodwill, it's a matter of obedience and understanding that men and women live for all eternity somewhere in heaven or hell and the gospel is the only thing that can make the difference. It's interesting to me to chronicle Paul's missionary journeys. The first missionary journey went through Cyprus, Lycia, and Galatia. Not only did he win people there, he found help for his further uh, for, for his other missionary journeys. They came from the first missionary journey. He found help and encouragement and assistance. Paul took his second missionary journey. Uh, that went through Galatia, uh, Macedonia, and Decai. Paul then took his third missionary journey. He went in and through Galatia, uh, Asia Minor, uh, Macedonia, Achaia, and ending up back in Jerusalem. And then his last journey went through Crete, Asia, Macedonia, and Achaia. And uh, I want to ask the question tonight. Have you ever considered that you and I are God's missionaries? If you and I don't propagate the gospel, uh, CBS is not going to. NBC and KET, they're not going to propagate the gospel. Folks are not going to be saved by seeing a light on a steeple. They're not going to come to know Christ by seeing a church sign out front. It's my job to speak up about the gospel of Christ. Now, I understand that we have and we do financially support many missionary outreaches, church plants, the bus ministry, missionaries uh, in America and foreign around the world. I understand that. And all of us should support missionaries. But my giving in the offering uh, is not uh, sufficient for me to be an obedient missionary and a witness for Christ. I want to have gospel tracts in my pocket. I want to speak up about Christ and the gospel. I think it is a part... Uh, I think giving is a part of what we should do. There's a greater responsibility. I, I, my purpose of my preaching tonight is saying 
Have you ever considered being a missionary? I'm going to give you some specific ideas in a few minutes. I like when I go fishing to know what kind of fish we're going to fish for because it determines what kind of bait and fishing pole I use. If you're going to catch small fish, then you use small hooks and little bait. And if you're going to catch a lot of fish and you go with Brother Rogers, you may use dynamite. I don't know, but you have to know, <laughs> you have to know what, what kind of fish you're going to fish for. I'm very thankful that for uh, 25 years ago, I said, I'd, I'd like to set a goal to plant 50 churches uh, as a result of the work of our church. And uh, I, I didn't know exactly how all of that would happen. But as a result and influence of the work of our church, personal soul winning, tent revivals, Commonwealth Baptist College, our men surrendering. And then, I don't know, at least, at least six different states have pastors that have heard a message or been influenced in this place by preaching in a conference about church planting, we've seen well over 50 churches planted. I know of churches in Illinois that's a result of a preacher coming to the altar. I heard him say it. He introduced me to preach. He said, I was at the National Church Growth Conference. And he said, I went to the altar. I was there to preach, but I went to the altar and I said, if Brother Fugit and Claysmill Baptist Church can start 50 churches, Surely our church could plant five churches. They planted seven of those five thus far. I was preaching in Michigan two weeks ago. It was in May. It was still snowing. Those folks need the Lord up there, I'll tell you. And Brother Peterson, when he introduced me to preach on Monday night, he said, this church was started a little over five years ago. He said, I knew I wanted to serve God, but I didn't know what to do. But at a conference at Clay's Mill, God spoke to my heart about planting a church. What a blessing it was to be in and preach in a building filled with people that was a result of a pastor. You see, they can't believe unless they hear. They can't hear without a preacher. In Virginia, I know a church there that's planted five churches and they have a goal to plant ten churches. They heard at, at the National Church Growth Conference the importance of church planting. I got a call the other day and I was asked, do you know this pastor? I said, I don't know him. Uh, I don't think I've ever met him. And he said, well, he called me today. The preacher told me and said, I, I, Brother Fugit is preaching for you. Will you just tell him I came to the conference there five years ago and there I committed to church planting. We've started three churches in Alabama as a result. Now, I love the mission work of propagating the gospel. To me, it's a life worth living. I can look back and I can say, thank God for the power of the gospel of Christ. I hear from those churches every week. Pastor James Young had 56 today. I believe it's his third or fourth week there in Jasper, Indiana. My brother Chris texted me today. He's been there 10 and a half years and was excited. 340 people in church there today. Jared Young texted me just before church this evening. He said, Preacher, do you have time tomorrow? I could give you a call. He said, every seat in the building was full today. 
we have families and visitors coming to church and he said I'm afraid folks are leaving and uh, because they can't get into church and can you help me and I said, yes I said we'll build an overflow room tell them to come up here to church next Sunday morning we'll make a place for them and uh, but he's talking about building that is an exciting work Certainly the work of the bus ministry is a mission work. I believe every bus captain is a missionary because a missionary is one who propagates the gospel. I believe every bus captain is a missionary and I'm thankful for those that drive the bus and I'm thankful for those that serve and work with the captain and all working as a team, taking an area I wonder tonight if your bus route wasn't on that area, I wonder if anybody would take the gospel to them. I wonder if they would ever hear the gospel. If your bus route, if you weren't a missionary to your route, I wonder if they would ever hear the gospel. About 15 years ago, may have been 17, I was trying to figure out the year, I couldn't remember exactly. I was preaching a sermon like this on a Sunday night. The importance of witnessing and winning the lost and spreading the gospel. And I made mention then, and, and now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, it could have been as many 20 years ago, and some of you will know after you hear me tell the story. I made mention in the sermon of the fact that there were now many Spanish-speaking people that live in our town and live in our region and I said, we have to do something to get the gospel to them. I remember saying, I can't speak Spanish. I can't order at Taco Bell except by the number, uno, duo, tre, or, and, and if it goes past cinco, I'm lost there. And, uh, and, and I said that jokingly. And I said, somebody's got to give them the gospel. I'll never forget that night, Rolando Ayala walked down the aisle on the left side and uh, he said, preacher, he said, I am not a preacher, but I can witness. I can teach a lesson. If you'll give it to me, I'll translate it in Spanish and I'll teach it. And I'll do what I can to help reach the Spanish-speaking people in our town. That started our Spanish ministry. Now, Rolando Ayala was saved as a result of Mrs. Harris and her and Brother Harris both were bus captains of different routes, and I won't tell you tonight again who is always the most productive captain, but you can ask Brother Harris after the service who always won, and I imagine still winning today. Uh, he's pretty smart. He stayed married a long time. And uh, she found uh, two little boys. Uh, she found uh, Chris and she found uh, Josh, and uh, she asked them to ride the bus on her bus to Sunday school, and they came. And uh, that week or the next week, uh, she met uh, the dad, and uh, here's the story he told. Uh, Rolando Ayala said, I grew up in a very poor area in Puerto Rico. And he said, we didn't have a bus driver or a bus that came to take us to church, but there was a woman that would come on Saturday and visit and say, I'm going to be here in the morning and I'd like for you to walk with me to Sunday school and church. And she gathered up a group of boys and girls, and she would walk with them to church on Sunday morning. I'm telling you what he told us. He said, I was the mean one. <laughs> Every bus route has to have a mean one. 
in each row. And, uh, and, and he said, sometimes she told me I, I couldn't walk with the crowd today, with the group today. He said, sometimes I would throw rocks and I would be mean. And I remember her telling me, Rolando, Jesus loves you. And he said, when Mrs. Harris, uh, Miss Tyra then, uh, knocked on their door, he thought about that woman that walked him to church when he was a little boy in Puerto Rico. He and Shirley came to church with the boys in two or three weeks, and all of the family trusted Christ as Savior because of a missionary bus captain. A missionary is one who propagates the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our Spanish church tonight has had other ministries go from it. In fact, Brother Dave Smith is preaching for Moises Urbina tonight. I met Moises Urbina preaching at a church in Miami. He came to Bible college and he met one of our girls that got saved on the bus route of Velia Gonzalez and they met at college and they got married and he pastors a church. I don't know the name of it. It is something, Iglesia Bautista. I know that's a part of it. And, uh, but he pastors a church in Georgetown. Just recently, the Lord gave him a building. It was an amazing story how God answered their prayers. And there, and Brother Dave Smith is presenting the camp and preaching there tonight because they have a group of young people that's coming. Excuse me while I get excited just for a moment. The mission work. Uh, folks don't go to church because you put up a sign out front and say, hey, all you lucky sinners got a chance to come hear the preaching Sunday. That's not why they come. They come because missionaries go. They come because soul winners go. That's why they come. And Moises Urbina married Avelia Gonzalez and they're pastoring that church over there in Georgetown tonight. I want you to take your Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. We need missionaries tonight. And I'll tell you why we need missionaries. Because there are folks who have still never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, three weeks ago, we had the services outside on the bus routes. How many of you were a part of that? I've had to raise your hand before, and you, you did, many, many of you. And I don't know how many folks said, you know, I witnessed to people that never heard the gospel of Christ. They knew about Jesus. They knew what the Bible was, but they never heard that they were sinners and Christ died on the cross to pay for their sin. He was crucified and he rose again from the grave to pay for their sin. I don't know how many stories I heard of people who said they'd never heard the gospel. I'm not talking about India. I'm not talking about a third world country. I'm talking about Lexington, Kentucky. Folks had never heard the gospel. That's why we need more missionaries. Matthew chapter 13, I want you to look with me here beginning in verse number 10. Verse number 10, the Bible says, And his disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not uh, from 
from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Without teaching and preaching all of this passage of scripture, the Bible is teaching here as it teaches in other passages, the more you do, the more you know, and the more you do, the more you know. God doesn't reveal everything and doesn't reveal anything to folks that are disobedient to him, and that's what he's saying. And then I want you to notice in verse number 17, uh, uh, verse number 16, I was in Mesquite, Texas, and I was preaching with Dr. Shelton Smith, and he preached from this passage of Scripture, and he read this verse, But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. And he preached that night on having ears and eyes that are blessed. And you know what he preached? He preached that those that have ears and eyes that are blessed, they can see the need of the lost of the gospel of Christ. How sad it is this crowd today thinks the world needs some kind of an entertainment program on a Sunday night and needs some kind of a rock and roll band to entertain them. They don't need a rock and roll band, friend. They need the gospel of Jesus Christ. They need the preaching of the old time religion. That's what they need. I went to the altar that night and I said, Lord, I want to have blessed eyes. I want to have blessed ears. I want to see, Lord, what you see. I want to hear, Lord, what you hear. And as I went back to my seat, I took out a three by five card and I wrote down this note. I'm thankful for our bus ministry. I'm thankful for our Spanish church, but I wonder how many countries or ethnicities there are in our region of the country. They came for the American dream. And they've never heard the gospel. Wonder how many there are. Lord, help me to see my state the way you see it. They're not customers, they're people. They're, they're, they're souls. They're going to spend eternity somewhere. And here's what I found, and I couldn't find newer statistics. But in 2019, just in Fayette County alone, now this would not include Jessamine, Scott, or Woodford, uh, the towns or the counties that are around Fayette County, and we're three years past 2019 of the numbers I'm going to give. From Mexico, there are 35,000 people, 2019, 35,000 people from Mexico that live in Fayette County. Now, if you look at all of the central Kentucky region, I would venture to guess more than 50,000 people. Can you imagine tonight, I mean, a town of 50,000 people, that's a pretty good-sized town, isn't it? I wonder if they've all heard the gospel. And whose job is it to tell them? Are we waiting for Frankfurt to pass a law and give a grant so everybody can hear the gospel in Spanish? No, sir. That's our job. That's my job and your job. Somebody needs to help in reaching the Spanish-speaking people. You say, preacher, we already have a church. I understand that. But of the some 50,000 people that live in our region, and about 200 of those came to church today. Oh, dear friend, there's a great need. Here's what I learned. There's 20,000 people from India that live in Fayette County. From India. From India, just in Fayette County, 2019. I was surprised by the fact that there were 16,000 people from Cuba. Do you know there's 6,500 people in 2019 from the Philippines that live in Fayette County? 
That doesn't include Jessamine County, Scott County, Woodford County. That's just Fayette County. That's 2019 from the Philippines. I was surprised at more than 6,000 people from Iraq. Now, it bothers me when folks have a political worldview rather than a biblical worldview. As a result of helping folks with the tornado there in Bowling Green, another family that was a Muslim family, they would not let Pastor Young give them the gospel as a result of the tornado. They came to church because he loved them. I'm not supposed to feed people that are independent fundamental Baptists. I'm supposed to feed everybody that's hungry. I'm supposed to help folks with shoes and clothes and everybody that needs help and shelter. That's what the church is for. This is not a Baptist social club where we come to show off our socks and ties, our suits and our dresses. We're not here tonight just for fun and games. The purpose of the church is to help those that are hurting and to love those that are unloved and that are unwanted. That's our job, that Muslim family. All of them trusted Christ as Savior or the rest of them today, half of them last Sunday. 6,000 people from Guatemala live in Fayette County, not counting, not counting the other counties. From old Burma, Myanmar, it's called today, more than 5,000 people. I don't know. I couldn't find the number for, for the number from Nepal. Brother Jared, do you know how many in this region from Nepal? From, from three to 8,000. This young man right here, he's baptized here, saved as a result of a missionary. He's from Nepal. They came to find the American dream. I'm glad they found more than a dream. I'm glad they found life and they found hope and they found Christ and eternal life. 5,000 people from Honduras. Two of the young men that work on our building out here, fine, happy young men. I enjoy talking to them. I told him last week, I went in and I was looking at the, at the platform and they've got just the bracing and the, the walls started. I looked at it and I said, it's one inch off. Oh, amigo, no, no, no. He got out his measuring tape. I said, oh, I was just kidding, I was just kidding. <laughs> Whoo, he said. You don't have to raise support to go to Honduras. We could just reach the folks from Honduras that are here. You don't have to leave your home. You don't have to quit your job. You don't have to quit school. You could just get a burden for people from Honduras. I'm sure there's food they all enjoy specific to their culture and to their country. From the Congo, and this number, I believe, has more than doubled since 2019. From Congo and Zaire, uh, more than 4,000. I believe that number is almost 10,000 for this region. What about the deaf? Brother Harris, you know how many there are in central Kentucky or in Kentucky? There's enough that somebody and some bodies ought to care enough to give them the gospel. What about the blind? What about the college students that come to our college campuses? You know, we have a generation, I don't mean this derogatory, hear what I'm saying, we have a generation of atheists. They're not atheists because they've learned of God and rejected Him. They're atheists because they've never heard of Him. 
The only thing they ever heard is his name cursed and slandered. And I'm thankful for our classes and soul winners that are, that are working to reach our college students. But there are thousands of them, many of them going home this weekend and this week, and they'll be back in August. There must be folks to reach every person with the gospel. Somebody has to care. Somebody cared for little Chris and Josh. They're not little anymore. Somebody cared for them little boys. And today, just think of what's happened. I wonder how, when we get to heaven, it's going to be a grand time for a lot of people. Some folks are going to say, I wish I'd have had a part in that. I'm not finished with the sermon, but I'm finished preaching. Go ahead and stand. I'm praying, I'll tell you what I'm praying. I'm praying that God will give us people who have a burden like Jared Hatcher has for the folks from Nepal. Now, Brother Haddon Johnson, where are you? Raise your hand. Where are you? Right here, right here. He's getting married the 28th of May, graduates this Friday night. Then he's going on deputation to go to Nepal. That's a wonderful thing, but somebody needs to reach the folks that have come from Nepal to Kentucky. Just ask God. What do you want me to do? Thank you for giving. Thank you for caring. But don't dismiss your responsibility and say I've done all I can. Ask God, have I done all I can? There's something you want me to do to reach a specific group of people. Heavenly Father, there are many different groups of people some divided by culture, some divided by personality, some by countries and by languages. Dear God, I pray that you'd help us not just to have a youth department, not just to have some classes, but we would think of all of the people. You said every creature. God, help us. Lord, these buildings we have, they're just tools. That's all they are. They're tools to reach people with the gospel of Christ. May we never become satisfied to say, boy, we had a great crowd. May we rejoice in your blessings, but when we leave, realize we're entering the mission field and missionaries are needed. I pray that you'd bless your invitation.